What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another great edition of At The Movies, always brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. It's me, the blue-haired Super Saiyan himself, Val Sisko, and today we're going to be talking about a movie that has divided, divided a fan base around the world. A movie that recently just came out in the English dub, in the later of January, of course. This is a movie that I've been waiting for for about a year. People have been waiting for for about a year just to sink their teeth into new Dragon Ball Super. And I know you guys are asking yourself, hey, Val, you guys uh, over there at Sideshow Conversations, uh, you do the Dragon's Den podcast as well, too, where you talk about all anime. Yep, I do. Um, but the same token, I felt like this was a movie event that I actually saw twice in the theater. It's just to get a good idea of it and um yeah we're gonna bring it here to this podcast for you guys to listen to today so dragon ball super broly i gotta say i've been waiting to talk about this for quite some time already saw it last week twice um i want to have some other people on this podcast as well too but they couldn't really make those commitments at the time so i'm gonna go dolo and give you my uh, opinions and review this movie as well too um we'll dip into some spoilers as well too just my real reaction toward the movie uh, genuinely i was um excited for this movie to come out uh, when we got that cutoff of dragon ball super last year with the end of the um that universal martial arts tournament um it kind of left fans wanting something and you know the fans out there that have been watching dragon ball they'll literally watch anything you know they'll watch dragon ball heroes just to have their non-canon work and get their fixation on that or they'll play the games they'll play xenoverse or um, dragon ball z fighters and try to get their fix there but when this was announced it was really 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 intense we saw uh, a different animation style with this movie that was coming out and they were just getting clips of somebody with like greenish yellow eyes and black hair about to take on goku in this iceberg environment and and that alone right there was awesome enough for people to be like you know what i'm down a lot of people were speculating that it was a Saiyan. A lot of people were speculating that it was the first Saiyan god or the first actual uh, person to turn Super Saiyan ever, the ultimate Saiyan. And then it was re- revealed to be Broly. And you had a divided audience that was like, oh, no, don't change my Broly. And then you had the other audience that were like welcoming change, welcoming Broly into canon because... Let's face it, guys, if you're Dragon Ball Z fans, as much as you like people like Bardock and Broly, necessarily they weren't canon to the source material as much as we wanted. Maybe Bardock more so, but Broly was not. So this right here was a chance to do something with Broly, bring him into this universe, and of course, when you first see those trailers, you see Broly a little bit different than what we remember. You know, our original Broly, you know, uh, went to transformations, and of course the ultimate transformation with the um, lime green hair, the wide eyes, screaming Kakarot, the necklace, that was your to-be-all, end-all character. Um, coincidentally, when Super was vamped up again um, with the tournament, we got to see other Saiyans from other universes, especially with um, Kale, um, 
just turned into her own Super Saiyan Berserker mode herself, resembling Broly, which made people want that character. I think after seeing that character in Dragon Ball Super, that tournament, people were hunkering for Broly to come back, like in some kind of way, put Broly into canon. Um, definitely, this movie gave you that in a way where you got to see a version of Broly. Now, is it the Broly that you're going to remember from the first movie or the movies itself? Um, not necessarily. Very different version of Broly. Um, and a lot of fans are kind of pissed off about that. Um, um, director, I'm going to try to get the director's name right here. You guys know me. I'm horrible with any other names besides ones I can pronounce. But um, Tatsuya Nagaminen. Nagamin, Nagamin, and written by Dragon Ball series creator Akira Toriyama. So, we got to see Toriyama's creation of a Broly that he essentially has always been wanting to write. There's always been a story for Broly that fits his criteria, and I believe that in the movies, you had a lot of lore in that first movie, but this also gives you a lot of lore as well. Uh, it's set after the events of the Universal Survival Saga, um, of course, depicted in Dragon Ball Super, uh, follows uh, the protagonists Goku and Vegeta, Vegeta, look at me, Vegeta, Vegeta, as they set to encounter a powerful Saiyan named Broly. Of course, in the beginning, it tells the history of Saiyans and their background story of the Saiyans that were living amongst um, King Cole's army. Um, from there, you get a lot of the Dragon Ball mythos. You get a lot of of King Vegeta in this. You get, um, of course, King Cold as well too in his glory with um, a younger version of Frieza. You get to see it in his first form, which is pretty fun to see. We haven't seen that form in a long time. Um, we get the the Cold or Freezer Force, as you know. You get Planet Vegeta and the Saiyans and how they're uh, depicted as like a savage race, but also has their own. They're their own groove as well, too. Uh, their own, um, I guess, environment where they're loving each other and they're raising families and, of course, being destroyed by the Freezer Force, a.k.a. Cold Force at the time as well, too. So we got that lore that we got from the first Dragon Ball movie and the Bardock movie as well, too. I found that very interesting that we're keeping to those roots. Uh, we're sticking to the story that we kind of are familiar with, with, you know, um, King Vegeta feeling that... Um, uh, he's not respected with King Cole whatsoever. Definitely King Cole is like the Hitler army in space. These are the Nazis of space. Uh, I know people are pissed off like, oh, no, but I love the Ginyu Force and I love Zarbon and shit like that. Uh, I, I know, I probably offended you, but, you know, Freezer is like a little Hitler, especially at that time. Maniacal and crazy, genocidal, and just all over the place. Um, you get to see um, the Havoc that what Freezer um, just demonstrates while he gets his first taste of power. You know, you see King Cole definitely uh, pass the torch to Frieza, and already he's just murking Saiyans left and right. Also, we're bringing back Scouters, which I found pretty dope. 
Um, this in this uh, movie, we see Freezer's the one that's uh, handing out the new. Well, the the at the time, their scouters to measure power levels. Uh, the conquer other planets, they need to actually scout out their opponents and destroy them. Because how else can you really conquer a planet if you don't know who you're fighting against? So. Um, that was pretty interesting. Um, we get to see the scouters with um, King Vegeta, who's just very disgruntled with King Cole. Just, you know, feels disrespected. But he's like, you know what? He sees his son, Vegeta, in this little um, incubation tube where, you know, he's getting fed as a baby as well, too. But it's this room full of Saiyans that are just basically in these chambers being groomed in a way. Um, Vegeta at the top, of course... Vegeta Jr., if you will, at that time, because we have a King Vegeta, and he's just boasting confidence with him, like, you're going to be the Saiyan of all Saiyans, the ultimate Saiyan, the one who brings back the Saiyans to their to their glory, and then, of course, we see a couple of rows of other higher-class Saiyans surrounding him, which I wish we got more of that, I, I could have, that would be great to see other Saiyans in that area, but it's okay. They go a row down, you get to see this green aura pop out, and King Vegeta's pissed off. He's like, what the hell is this? And you see, you know, Chibi Broly, Baby Broly there. Of course, we get Broly and um, um, King Vegeta being so pissed off that this, this class of Saiyan could ever rival the uh, power that his Prince Vegeta will give. Um... I found that pretty cool as well, too, that they use a scouter to measure Broly's power right there. So the scouters do mean something in this movie, kind of, in a way. So we get to see the scouter explode once they um, um, pinpoint on Broly. And then they're like, oh, it must have been a malfunction. You know you know how these things are. They're new now. They're saying this guy has like over yada, 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 over 9,000. But at the end of the day, um, King Vegeta makes that ruling that this kid may, may have so much power that he can't risk having this infant grow with his son and be part of the army. He may go too crazy. He may go berserk, if you will, not being able to control his power and, of course, being uh, destroy Planet Vegeta, essentially, if he were to let this happen. So he actually sends Broly out uh, to a distant planet, which I found pretty cool, a planet called Vampra. Um, I found that pretty dope. Um, you see his father, Paragus, come in. Um, and he's like, I'm hearing that you're going to send my son to a distant planet to conquer. You know, it makes no sense because that planet's just filled with monsters. And there's no life form that out there that really need to be taken over. Um, there's no profit being made with this. So why are you doing this? And you see King Vegeta just tell him the same story I told you guys right now. He sees him as a threat, yada, yada, yada. So Paragus challenges him. He's like, you're just jealous because my son's stronger than yours and you don't want to admit it. So it's hard to see where Paragus is in this movie. We're not sure if he's a higher rank Saiyan. Um, they definitely measure his power, so he, he seems pretty powerful. But it's never really measured if he's like an officer or if he's like part of the, the Royal Guard or a scientist or whatnot. It's never really talked about and i guess it's not really that big of a deal but i wish we got something there um definitely paragus flips out uh, gets to that pod uh with another spaceship actually he actually gets another spaceship with another freezer force member um or saiyan member they go to vampra to find broly we see broly getting out of his chamber 
surrounded by monsters and, you know, just doing him, just, like, paying no mind to these monsters. Paragus lands on this planet and he's experiencing all this craziness as well, too. I guess in his haste to find Broly, that ship fails, it crashes, and, of course, um, they're stuck there. You can see Paragus basically raising Broly in that crazy environment, um, vowing revenge on King Vegeta and, of course, Vegeta Jr. as well, too. Um, and then we get this awesome fucking montage of just dragon... Well, 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 before we get there, before we get there, I gotta say this part here. Um, I have to say this part because this is the tearjerker of the movie right now. Uh, we go back to Planet Vegeta. I don't know why I was gonna skip this. You guys just slap me for it. It's essential to this fucking movie. It's why we're here. We go back to Planet Vegeta, right? And we get to see Bardock, which was fantastic. And the people in the audience, twice that we went when I went there, basically were cheering to see Bardock. It was great. Um, we get to see um, Goku's mom essentially there as well too, which I found pretty dope. Um, but we see that when he um, arrives back to the planet Vegeta after conquering the planet, he's just... He seems like things are off. There's war in the air. There's blood in the air. And as a savvy veteran of the army, he knows when a takeover is about to happen, or at least something shysty is about to happen. So, of course, he goes to his wife, and they see Goku there in the pod chamber. And it's a little baby Goku. It's pretty dope to see that. Um, he's telling his wife, basically, that we should just send him off our own, don't wait for a council, um, and let him live out his life because I see something crazy happening. It could be just me, but at the end of the day, I'd rather make sure that our son is taken care of. And if it's a bluff, if nothing's going to happen, if nothing happens at all to this planet, we'll go back and get him. So right there, we see an emotional attachment to Goku, which we really didn't see that much in the last movie. Yes, we got Bart toward the end of that fight with Freezer that... um. He goes on his little monologue about his son and how he's going to be a great fighter. He wish he was there to see him grow. We saw that part, but this was more just in-depth. Like, he cares about his children. Even his wife even comes out and she's like, what's this? when do Saiyan men care about their born? And he's like, I don't know. I just have a feeling about this one, which I found awesome. Uh, he even talks about Raditz, too. He's like, hey, Raditz is fine. He's out there right now with the prince conquering planets. So... The fact that we see this emotional attachment with him and Goku, it definitely gives you Superman vibes. Definitely with the uh, House of L um, taking amongst themselves to send Kal-El out into space to Earth to live amongst um, the Earthlings and be a god amongst them. Kind of the same thing right here. Actually, almost mirror image. Uh, kind of reverse roles, you know. We have Goku being sent to Earth as well, too, to conquer it. But essentially, his parents are sending him off so that way he doesn't have to see the craziness that's about to happen in Planet Vegeta. It's crazy how similar they are, man. Aliens being sent over to Earth, both of them with heightened powers, both of them having their planets blow up. Crazy, crazy, mind-blowing. I know, guys. Anyway, we get to um, see Goku actually look at... Bardock, which I found, this is the part that everybody's flipping out about. Goku has a Saiyan outfit on, 
and he's basically like walking toward the glass, crying to our, toward Bardock, uh, putting his hand to hand right there. Very much a tearjerker moment. But Goku looks significantly older in this part. We all know from the Dragon Ball that Goku is just like an infant baby when he gets um, to Earth. And this right here, he seemed like the dude was about like one or two years old. So I don't know. This was, um, was kind of weird. We get that part, and then we get a super rush version of Frieza throwing the death ball to Planet Vegeta, and a slow part, very, very slow part of Bardock in mid-battle looking to fight Frieza and gets blasted with the death ball. So I'm not too sure if we're going to revisit Bardock and get to that point one day, or maybe in the next Dragon Ball series that's coming up, this uh, I believe in, an, in a month or so, Maybe since all the other Dragon Ball movies that have come out have been canon in the show, um, like the Resurrection of F and Battle of the Gods, all those have been actual seasons and they go in-depth with the movie. Maybe we'll get that as well too. Maybe we'll see that whole fight break out on TV, which will be fucking great. Um, anyway, we get that part. We see Planet Vegeta blow up, Freezer laughing, and of course we get a montage of just Goku and Vegeta growing up. Um, well, almost past another essential part. We get to see Nappa, Baby Vegeta, well, not Baby Vegeta, but Kid Vegeta, and Raditz conquering the planet. They get the news that Planet Vegeta has blown up, got hit by a meteor, per se. So we get to see the, the worried Saiyans and then get to see Vegeta pissed off that he can't be king now because he can't be king of a planet that's not there. And um, Nappa actually um, brings up Frieza's brother at one point. He's like, don't you have a brother as well, too, that could have died? And like, no, he's somewhere around. I don't know. So I found that pretty funny. So Tarbo, he's somewhere around there. He's actually um, he's um, canon now as well, too. So that's fucking hilarious. And then Raditz um, saying that, yeah, I heard about my brother being sent to Earth as well, too. But whatever. I don't care about it. Parents are dead. Who gives a fuck? Let's keep on conquering and going crazy. So that was cool. We get that montage of Goku and Vegeta growing up together from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, to the current activities of now them training. Um, I just wanted to go over that that first 20 minutes because, or 10 minutes, relatively like 10, 15 minutes right there because that all was very essential to the Dragon Ball mythos now. We've always seen from the Bardock movie and the Broly movie what those mythos are, but this right here is canon. This right here most likely will be touched again in the next Dragon Ball series. So in a way he is rewriting the mythos, but the same token, maybe he's just brushing up. Maybe he's just giving a different perspective on things. Maybe he's giving different roles and different characters uh, more personality than he intended to in these um non well these non-canon movies. So I found that very, very, very fucking interesting. I won't go beat by beat after that now. Uh, of course, we get... Um, I'll just go little by little right there. We get to see Vegeta and Goku training. Of course, he's looking for more power after the um, Tournament of Power as well, too. Um, he wants to go above and beyond because at the end of the day, why stick around and be at the level he is when he can do better? Uh, you have Vegeta complain that Frieza's still around, that he's looking to probably blow up Earth any minute now. You let him live, Kakarot, and of course... You know, they're just joking around with that. So we get that fun hijinks. We don't get that much other characters, really like Acrylin and Master Roshi. It's very, very much like um, 
like a handful of characters we're getting from that side. We're getting uh, Bulma. We're getting um, Braun there, Bulla. Uh, we're getting um, Beerus and Whis. And that's really about it. Everybody else is like side characters uh, that we don't really see. Uh, we see the kids, um, Goten and Trunks one time, talking about um, their lab getting robbed. And of course, we have Frieza's henchmen trying to steal Dragon Balls. So that's another plot point in the movie of the Dragon Balls being found. The thing about it is, when I, um, after we were done with that awesome introduction into the Dragon Ball mythos, we get to this whole kooky stuff. The parts of Dragon Ball Super that people are very critical with. And you know what? Rightfully so. It's just it was kind of stupid. But you know what? It, it, there's an audience for that. Those are the people that love Dragon Ball and the kooky nonsense that happens there. We see um, everybody wants these Dragon Balls for different reasons, especially Bulma and Frieza. We see Bulma saying that, oh, I was collecting the Dragon Balls because I was going to make a wish to be five years younger because I guess that's what she wants, <laughs> which was weird. It was just not for me, maybe not for my generation, maybe not for my humor. And, of course, Frieza looking for the Dragon Balls as well, too. And they're like, oh, are you going to wish for immortality or are you going to wish for no damage when you're fighting? And he's like, no, there's no fun in that. And, of course, we get a, another one of uh, Frieza's goons saying that he's just wishing to be taller. And everybody flips out, and of course, Frieza's like, yep, I want to be five inches taller, so it looks like I'm still growing. So I was like, there's a lot of child-like uh, sophomore humor happening here, and it just wasn't for me. Um, those are the parts of this movie that I could have lived without. We get back to Vampa, and we see that um, uh, so Frieza scouts, who are fantastic in this movie. Uh, I, I believe, let me see if, I, if I'm looking at this correctly, I had to make sure uh, I, I get these characters' names. I'll, I'll go back to it. I think the only one was Chile. Um, she, uh, she's fantastic. Her, her character is a green alien, a little sexualized. You see parts of her adjusting her bra and things are shaking, her ass is shaking. But she's a fantastic character, someone that hopefully we'll see soon again in the Dragon Ball series. Um, and I know there's one more as well, too. I just don't want to botch his name. Um, but we'll, we'll stick with those two characters right there. I know somebody's like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'll get back to that another time. Anyway, we see them looking for strong candidates for the Frieza Force. They go to Vampa. They find, um, uh, Paragus there with a slash die and just happy to see a ship get to that planet. Uh, we see the monsters try to attack um, everybody at this point. Uh, Paragus does call Broly, and Broly, in supreme fashion, great-looking guy, just knocks the shit out of that monster. Um, we get a little um, story from how Broly um, has been training with Paragus all the entire time, um, so he gets strong and survives on that planet. Um, of course, he gets introduced to Frieza, Paragus, and Broly, and they're saying, oh, that, you know, you guys are surviving Saiyans. I like that, but do you know that your home planet has been destroyed for a couple of years already? More than a couple. Um, they're aware of that, but they never cared about that planet anyway because they despise Vegeta, uh, King Vegeta, and, of course, Vegeta Jr., and their sole mission is to destroy them. So, of course, Frieza gets the idea, hey, do you know that Vegeta Jr. is still alive? Let's go fuck that dude up. So, of course, they go to this cockamamian plan of having Broly and Paragus as Frieza's muscle 
as he comes to Earth to collect the Dragon Balls. It still was around the Dragon Balls, but also Vegeta, I'm sorry, Frieza wants to see Vegeta suffer for all the times. Uh, he's outed, outbested him, basically, in the series so far. Uh, we'll fast forward a little bit right there. We get to see Broly, um, Beer, uh, Broly Paragus, and Frieza arrive on Earth. Uh, of course, um, Goku, Vegeta, and Bulma are looking for Dragon Ball still. Uh, so you can in intercept Frieza. They all meet conveniently in, a, in this glacier, Arctic area. Um, and we get our introductions of Kakarot, Vegeta, and Broly, and how they're supposed to be sworn enemies. But Goku's ready to fight because he looks strong. Vegeta's like, I have no quarrel with you whatsoever. That was my father's doing. I'm not dealing with any of this. So... Um, completely different from that first movie, guys. That first movie, we got, you know, Paragus coming to Earth saying that we made a new planet, Vegeta, and we need you to be the king of it, yada, yada, yada. Our heroes follow Vegeta, and of course, it's a sabotage, uh, crazy attack toward Vegeta from Broly at that moment in time. This right here, Broly gets sent to Earth to confront Vegeta in a way, um... Which is okay. There was motivation behind it. And I'm hoping we'll get more of that motivation once the series comes. Um, this is just me spitballing saying that this movie is going to be part of the series. It's been happening with all the other movies. But I believe this is going to happen as well too. Um, we'd see Paragus just say, hey, I'm here for vengeance and I'm about to fuck you up. Um, sends Broly out and we get a nice little cinematic fight between Broly and Vegeta to start. Um, base for Vegeta, fun to see. The anim the uh, animation on this part is fantastic. Um, especially flying through the air, flying through the glaciers, being kicked around. Broly looks like a force at that point as well, too, in base form. Both of them fighting now to the point where Broly looks a little faster a couple of times, so Vegeta turns Super Saiyan. Beats the shit out of Broly at this moment in time and sends him flying. At this point, Paragus is like, what the fuck is that? <coughs> Excuse me. Frieza pops out. No one's like, oh, you, Broly can't turn Super Saiyan? You can't do it either? And he's like, what the hell is a Super Saiyan? You mean the legend, the fairy tale we were talking about when we were kids? And I was like, oh, you guys can't do that? Yeah, these guys can do that more. And Paragus just, like, flips out. He's like, well, that's all my son's power right there. I don't know what to tell you. Um... I'm skipping a lot of essential parts. I know I missed some parts about Broly's necklace and and the friendship he's getting, his first taste of water, his first meal, and stuff like that. Um, some really cool team-building parts, um, especially with Chile and him, um, which are very cool, but I kind of wanted to get into the fight for the sake of the, for the podcast. Um, as far as getting into the fight, though, uh, like I said, just great animation, uh, Vegeta once again gets challenged by Broly, which Goku's getting excited now because Broly's powering up more and challenging Vegeta as a Super Saiyan. He's starting to get a little bit more angry, a little bit more pissed off, a little bit more berserk mode. It comes to a point where um, Broly's kind of one-upping Vegeta left and right, and Vegeta says, fuck this, I'm just going to go ham. And this is our first introduction of seeing Vegeta turn Super Saiyan Red, or Super Saiyan God base form. And I gotta say, it looked beautiful. The animation of him turning with the flames, fantastic. It's night and day. I love how they distinguish Super Saiyan Blue and Super Saiyan Red together. Or Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan God 2, more blue. I love how they distinguish more blue and just more rage. And, and red, just more tranquil. Like when you transform, it's like, 
you're at calm, you're at ease, you're nothing can bother you. So I found that pretty dope. Um, of course, he he beats the hell out of Broly at this point, um, to the point where Broly's getting knocked out again, and Paragus is like, nope, that's it. Like at this point, I give up on my son, Frieza. We gotta take Broly out of here. We gotta go, and of course. Frieza's like, yep, you're right, this is a waste of time, I'm about to kill both of you guys, and this is where we get a taste of some Broly action. At this point, Broly kind of flips out, and correct me if I'm wrong, people, but this is when Broly first shows the man in the ape form, basically. <laughs> you get the Rosario form with Broly basically channeling in the great ape, but in base form, or at least his regular form. So not transforming, because his tail's been cut off by Paragus, but um, he can control that base, that, that great form inside his own body. Now, I know people say that Super Saiyan 4 is like this. Basically, you have to turn ape and control the, um, the ape's powers inside your base body. But, number one, that's non-canon, so fuck off Super Saiyan 4 fans. I just wasn't a fan of that character. Okay, f- fuck this shit. I'm going to tell it right now. I know people love Super Saiyan for Goku. And you know what? His base form looks fine. I can see why people like that. Super Saiyan, this is why I hate Super Saiyan 4. Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta, we see Vegeta come in with gloves, right? And his regular suit that he's wearing, right? This his GT suit. Once he gets into Super Saiyan form's form, basically, um, he turns into the Golden Grape Ape. So essentially his clothes need to break, right? So I know this is the anime, but logically your whole attire breaks. Once that's broken, you are not going to, what, what, materialize gloves and outfit after you're done? So that was my big problem. He, he turns right back into Super Saiyan um, four, well, it turns into Super Saiyan 4 with the gloves, his pants intact, and just taller hair. I don't know. I found it very stupid. I find Super Saiyan 4, I find GT very stupid. That's just me, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People love GT. This is not my thing. Anyways, back to it. Broly. Broly, um, has his great ape, um, base form, and he goes ballistic on Vegeta, Beating the shit out of Vegeta. We see a, a green ore around him. His eyes are, are like an orangish, greenish color as well too. Very beast-like. And of course, um, Paragus is just spitballing now. Like I see only Broly do this once when he turned into Great Ape. And um, I know now that uh, once he's like this, I can't bring him back whatsoever. There's no way of him coming back. And Vegeta now is like... He's getting pumped. He's like, oh, yeah, he's getting turned on. He's like, we're going to see some blood. Um, after Vegeta gets stomped out by Broly, we get to see Goku step in. And this is a great time to see that because we get to see that some theme. We get to hear a theme song. This theme song, this theme song is fantastic. It's like some, some rock techno music that's screaming Broly and Kakarot. And these guys are going at it. Goku fighting Broly in that ape form, um, in his base form, turns into Super Saiyan, um, still fights Broly, Broly's still coming back, and of course, um, from there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 
um, not Vegeta, Frieza sees an opportunity to make Broly pass his limits. Paragus is basically saying, this is it. Um, this kind of Goku is going to kill my Broly. I can't have my son go through this. I'm done. Vegeta remembers that the only way for a guy to turn to the next level is through pain and punishment. So what does he do? This motherfucker kills Paragus right there. He remembers that when um, he killed Krillin, that's how Goku turned Super Saiyan. So dude winds up shooting Paragus right through the heart. That's the end of Paragus. I found that very lackluster as well, too. But whatever. I was getting annoyed with him anyway. Uh, we get to see Broly uh, witness this. Well, he doesn't witness it. He's still fighting Kakarot. And Frieza just dramatically, Oh, my God. The blast that Goku did killed your father. Oh, my God. And we see Broly snap. And he turns Super Saiyan. And it looks fantastic. His Super Saiyan form crazy it is great it looks awesome it's the regular super saiyan um from there he's just beating the shit out of goku super saiyan he goku turns red he beats the shit out of him um broly's getting even more pumped up um there's a part where broly is just savagely beating goku to the to the brink of death almost goku turns blue at one point that majestic blue that we were talking about um, where it looks more powerful. He goes to Broly full-on force, fights Broly. Broly's still beating him up. Vegeta comes out, tries to stop him together as they both hit this Gatling gun, Kamehameha fucking wave, um, double attack that look fantastic. Still does nothing to Broly. Broly's beating the shit out of people, grabbing people by the face, smashing people around. And at this point, I think I see fans and, and the audiences out there just like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is what I came to see. Not some dancing shit. No, we came to see Broly savagely beat people around. Um, we get a cameo from Piccolo, who senses all this craziness. And of course, he's like, hey, you know, you're fighting a strong opponent right now. Yeah, um, Goku's like, if I can't handle this, I'm going to teleport to you and we'll figure things out from there, which I found hilarious. Even Piccolo says, I don't know what I'm doing here. If I go to you guys, I'm just going to get in the way. So I found that pretty funny. Um, we get to see them get teleported. And, of course, once they get teleported, uh, they use instant transmission out of there because they're all fucked up. Um, basically, Broly goes out to Frieza like in a blind rage, and you get to see Frieza take it on Broly for the first time, and I found that pretty dope. The potential of that fight would be crazy, because Broly is beating the shit out of Frieza at one point, base form, or his regular form, and the crowd is loving it. The crowd is getting in there, they're cracking up, they're just really going ham on this uh, beatdown of Frieza. Frieza turns gold, and you hear everybody cheer, and we get an awesome, like, match between Golden Frieza taking on Broly Super Saiyan form. Um, so yeah, very cool, very awesome. Um, at this point in time, it gets weird. So we get transferred to Piccolo, and they're actually like, Piccolo has any sensu beans? He's like, no. And they're like, I don't know how we're going to beat this guy, which I found very weird. It's like, Goku, Goku, you didn't have a chance against Jiren, but you did your best to hang in there. And of course, um, turn Ultra Instinct and beat the shit out of Jiren from there. Uh, I wouldn't even say beat the shit out, that's lightly. You know, you survived that match. Um, so, and that was because you didn't want your universe to get 
destroyed essentially. Well, your earth, the earth, your home is about to get destroyed any second now from Broly's blind rage. You would think you step up at this point, but he's like, no, no, no. Hey, Vegeta, you know what would be cool? If we do fusion. And Vegeta's like, what? He's like, that thing the kids do? And he's like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. That's the only way we're going to beat them. And I'm like, what? Really? I was waiting to see Vegeta, like, you know, bring back that, like, ultra blue form he had or Goku going ultra instinct. But no, this was like, let's go ahead and do this. Now, of course, it was rumored that we were going to get a Gogeta. That's okay. I knew that coming in. But I just felt like this was a cop-out way of doing it. I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's try it. So with some reluctance, we get to see Vegeta do the dance. Um, They do their turns where uh, they turn fat and they turn skinny. This all was like pretty fucking fast. I'm hoping when we get the series, we'll dive deeper into this right here. Um, Especially this part, because they're like, all right, wait for another half an hour. Oh, wait for another half an hour. And all these hours of waiting, Broly and Freezer are fighting, so we're missing a great fight. And then he goes after Whis at one point, and Whis is just dodging and cracking up and having a good time. But that was cool. The crowd got a reaction for seeing Whis fight, so that was pretty dope. Um, we get a finally a great fusion, uh, right fusion for Gogeta to be made. So Gogeta is finally canon in this universe, in the Dragon Ball Super Universe, the essential universe, I guess. And... Um, you know, he names himself Gogeta because when they first fuse with the Patora rings, they're Vegito. So this is more of a Vegeta attitude. We see that so far. Um, teleports, does instant transmission. And of course, we get to see the fight between Broly and Vegito, which is fantastic. He makes a little a comment to Freezer. He's like, yeah, I'm both of us together. We definitely surpassed you, Freezer. There's no way you're going to catch up to us. And Freezer's just pissed off. So... We get this match between Vegeta of uh, Gogeta and Broly, which is pretty dope. The effects are fantastic. Uh, they get to a point where Vegeta turns Super Saiyan and Broly are fighting, and somehow, some way, I don't know what happened here, but they got punched into a new dimension. That's the only way I could really describe it. They got punched into a dimension which made no sense. They were just in their own little time vortex. And this time vortex is where we got to see Vegeta, Gogeo, Gogia, Gogia, turn Super Saiyan Blue. And Broly turn either Legendary or Green. It's never really known at this point. All we know is that this is where we get to see Broly Prime. Just green hair, fucking 20 feet tall, destructive force. Um, There's parts where Broly's just like coming out of the ground with red eyes, going after Gogia. We get to see Gogia do his uh, his mystic attack. We get to see him do the, the a version of the Big Bang Kamehameha wave. Um... And just a knockout brawl between these characters and great animation, great movie, different story. Um, I won't tell you how it ends. For the fans that want to know how it ends, like you already know, this is kind of like, you know what, let's talk about it. Um, of course, it ends with um, uh, Chile and her friend getting the Dragon Balls and wishing Broly out of there because at this point they essentially care about Broly. They see the mistreatment of his father. He was a product of an abusive childhood, of an agenda that wasn't his. So they feel for him and they want to take him out of that environment. So they wish him back to Vampra, which um, he escapes Goku's Kamehameha wave, doesn't die, 
and is just there, left to just wonder where the hell he is, which that was dope. Um, people were pissed off in the theater. They were like, what the fuck? I enjoyed it because it made me feel like, all right, there's more that's going to happen. Um, Frieza gets out of Dodge, um, says, nope. Uh, I'll come back for you stronger one day. So we got that little Easter egg there. We can see Chile and her friend make the planet Vampron. They say they want to just be next to Broly because after saving his skin, they're probably fugitives from the Freezer Force now. So it makes only sense to be next to the strongest person in the universe, which is Broly, supposedly. Um, that happens, and I guess we get to see the ending of Goku uh, doing an instant transmission to Vampra following Broly's power. And he's like, hey, Broly. And Broly's just, like, chilling now. He's just, like, regular, chill out. I eat my monsters, freaking tusks, Broly. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you these supplies that Bulma made uh, for you guys to actually live here peacefully and at least comfortably as well, too. So um, they're all questioning why Goku wants to help. And he's like, well, I like training with Broly. I know that deep down inside he's just a Saiyan that is chill. And there's more to him than just being a brute. And he wants to kind of mentor Broly in a way. So I found that incredible. We get a Broly smile. And honestly, if Broly's going to be Goku's next boo thing, bye Vegeta. Bye Hit. You know, I see the, the bromance right there happening. Broly and Kakarot. He even announces his name as Kakarot to Broly. So I found that interesting as well too. Um, so let's fill in the blanks with some stuff. Um... The dynamic between Broly and Chile was fantastic because she really brings out that 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 boy that's trapped inside Broly and how she wants to help him. When he first introduces a regular water and he flips out how good it is and he doesn't even know how to control himself, he's like, thank you for this. Um, when they give him real food for the first time, when they treat him with respect, um, the collar, let's talk about the collar. I, I, I thought that was underwhelming especially from the headband he was wearing in the first movie. Um, the collar was not really a central part. We saw one part there where that's how Paragus trains Broly. Um, if he gets too powerful, he just shocks the shit out of him. Um, while Chili sees this, she steals the, the remote and breaks it right then and there. So that collar is just a non-factor anymore. Um, uh, what other blanks we fill? Um, the... The transformations, like I said, Vegeta turning red, Goku turning red so peacefully, and the blue transformations, fantastic. Um, what else? Uh, Beerus's character as well, too, babysitting Bola. I wish we got more of that. That would have been funny. Um, what else did we get over here in this movie? What did I like the most? I like that we got an emotional core for Broly, and I know people didn't want that. People wanted Broly to be more of a savage, just mindless beast that kills and this we gave an arc for Broly to come back a little different is it the legendary Super Saiyan I don't think so but is it a new form of Saiyan new form of Super Saiyan that green form yeah I like that plus we got a, a K.O. Kaden version of Broly too with that Ozario look so fuck that yeah I'm down for that um the 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 backstory with Bardock and Nappa and Vegeta and Raditz, um, I like that as well too. If we can go back and tread on that, that'd be great as well too. So so many different pieces that I did enjoy about this movie. Um, now, do I 
preferred over the original? It's hard to say. It's two different eras. You know, in that movie right there, all three of those movies, whether it's Broly, whether it's uh, The Second Coming or Bio Broly, there's a sense of brutality and pain that you see in these movies. There's parts of blood and anguish and cursing that you get from that from those movies, those original movies that you're not getting from this, that greenness, that rawness that we fell in love with Dragon Ball Z to begin with. That's not in this movie, and I will always prefer that movie for that because it's so raw and gritty. Because we see Broly nearly killing people to the point where Vegeta's crying on the floor saying he cannot beat Broly. Like that right there, his pride broken. And even with his pride broken, like getting back to normal and just still to get on Broly head on. That movie is very essential to the Dragon Ball history in life and, and for us as fans. That movie is fantastic. Uh, that shit came out in 1993. And this movie is for a new generation. This is for people who, who, who saw, who heard this Broly character but didn't necessarily know who he was. So here, Toriyama wants to give you a backstory and give you an emotional core so you can grow with this character as well too. So you can see this character again and say, you know what? I want to see what the next stage of Broly can be. I want to see what happens if Goku and him train for real, for real. So, I see both sides of the argument. I don't prefer either one over the other. Um, I think this holds a great place for the mythos that are going to happen in the next couple of years. As the last movie had its own awesomeness as well, too. Um... If you want to rank them, I still rank Legendary Super Saiyan number one. Um, I will put this as second. And then Broly's second coming, I actually like that movie a lot. Especially with the whole Gohan, Goten, Brother Brother Kamehameha to finish it off. That was great. And of course, Bio Broly, not really my thing. But it holds its own as well too. Um, yeah, that's really about it, guys. I know there were some other key parts of this movie you probably want to talk about. Um, Nappa of hair, um, um, the Ginyu Force making their opinion, Sarbon, the warrior as well, too, there. Um, you know, so many other questions as well, too, that we want to hear, like, how is Goku going to get to the other universes? Um, where does Broly lie after this? What is Freezer doing after this as well, too? You know, so many other things that we could talk about. But essentially, I enjoyed this movie. I give it, I want to say, 3.5 big tops out of 5. I feel like there was a lot to to still do in this movie. And unfortunately, I feel like it's only going to be... Well, not unfortunately, because it'll make great TV. But I feel that we're going to get most of like the backstory in the actual Dragon Ball Super Series. Rather than this movie. So I felt like all that exposition could have been told in this movie. We're saving it for the series. Now, if that's not the case and this the series skips this altogether, I'll be highly, highly disappointed because they missed uh, an opportunity there. Um, but other than that, um, the original voice actors for Goku and Vegeta are there. I found that pretty dope. Uh, for the English dub, I watched it in the Japanese dub as well too, which is fantastic. I mean, it's a beautiful movie to watch. Besides a couple of plot holes, plot points, and dumb comedic performances, uh, this movie's fun. It's a great. Go watch it uh, while it's still out in theaters. It's it's fantastic to see with other people. It's like going to a pro wrestling show and being around people who love pro wrestling. 
you're going to get the same kind of audience when you see this movie in the theaters. You're going to get people that just love Dragon Ball Z, love Dragon Ball Super, love Dragon Ball, love Dragon Ball GT, and are just hyped to see fights and action and craziness and lore. We love our lore. So 3.5 out of 5. I think that's gracious. You know, great action scenes, great um, cinematography when it comes to the fight scenes. Um, the animation is just fantastic. The music is just fantastic. The only thing kind of kills it is just some plot points from the story. Other than that, great movie though, guys. Hopefully, you guys stuck around for this and enjoyed this. I know it was a little long on it. I know I was going back and forth, but I was trying to be a little bit more in-depth as possible. Um, let me know what you guys think. Do you hate this movie because it's not the legendary Super Saiyan movie? Do you hate the fact that his green form is a mysterious form still? Do you like that hidden dimension area that they were in? Are you mad that you didn't see a crazy transformation for Blue for Gogia? Let me know. Did you like this movie? Do you like the the revamped backstory? Do you like seeing King Cole? Do you like seeing um, King Vegeta? Do you want more stories with them? Um, do you like the fact that, I don't know, Broly has an emotional core now? Do you have side characters that could be with Broly as well too? Let me know. Reach me up at um, uncanny underscore V on Twitter, Val Cisco on Instagram. Of course, Sideshow Conversations is always on Facebook at its fan page, group page, however you want to call it. Uh, it's also on Instagram at Sideshow Conversations. And uh, to find the podcast on Anchor, which is on all platforms, Spotify, which is on all platforms as well too, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and I believe Podbeam as well, too. So, guys, reach out to me. Let me know how this was to you. Rate it, review it, subscribe it, do what you got to do. Have fun with it. I love the fact that we talked about this today. I wish we had a little bit more of a panel to kind of go back and forth with. But um, I kind of try to give you as much detailed information as possible when it came to this. Um, thank you guys for waiting for this podcast. Hopefully you guys did enjoy it. Give me that feedback, even if I sucked, even if I couldn't pronounce people's names, even if I missed crucial parts of this movie, let me know. Constructive criticism is the best kind of criticism. It's only going to make me better for you. Anyway, guys, thank you so much once again for hearing me out. As always, get your mind out of gutter, but keep your eye on the side.